The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. Welcome to the I Am Independent podcast with me, Loretta Andrews and Bianca Rose. Well, as well as giving you advice from industry insiders, we believe one of the most valuable resources we can give you is to hear the inside stories of other independent artists. We can learn so much from others' journeys. And this week, the incredible Cherry V, who's a talented singer-songwriter, she's also been a dancer before, is sharing her story with us. As I said, from being a dancer and a Brit school graduate to being a signed artist with a major label to being part of a group and now storming ahead in her own independent artist journey. She is incredibly determined, not to mention extremely talented and inspiring. And we think you're going to just love this conversation. In this first part, we're going to be covering disappointment, realising that other people may have different agendas And we're even going to touch on that contentious subject of the black woman narrative in music. Hmm. Sit back and enjoy. Let us know what you think, as always, too. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Independent podcast with Bianca and Loretta. Today, we're sitting down with an incredible singer, songwriter, awesome vocalist, um, she was a dancer, she's been in groups, she's done all the things and we are so excited to talk to her. We are sitting down with Cherry V. Hi. Hi. Nice intro, thank you. <laughs> it's all true, there's more. Actually not. Oh God. It's not actually I'm sitting that. looking at you with your iPad, I'm like, oh God, what's she got in there? <laughs> Bianca's done proper research. Oh yes. my gosh. I love that though. I love that. <laughs> no, because there was just I, I already know a lot about your journey just uh. from being in the business, but I was like, no, nah, I want to know no. Mm-hmm. And I don't um, I don't really know no. We're gonna find out today. But when mm. I was I love it up, when you look up and you there's so much yeah. you thought, wow, this person's doing a lot, mm. and then you find out the journey, mm-hmm. a little insight. So I'm excited about this chat. It's a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you? I'm good actually. Yeah. Um I'm cool. I'm just like, you know, enjoying the weather and it's nice, travelling nice, a bit nice and I'm stuff. Sure. But yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Mm. I don't. I've, I'm not going to ask you. I don't know how old you are, but I feel like you're really young, mm. and you've been doing Started. this for ages. Like, did you start like singing out of the womb? I know you came from a very musical family, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. I started. <laughs> it's like you know what I was like. Do you talk about your age or did you say? But I start. I did start quite young. Um, you have fresh skin, but I no feel pores. there's no pores. <laughs> Skincare, really <laughs> it. Um, take your makeup on every night and cleanse and tone. Sure. Um, <laughs> That's for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I did start young, but I, I've, I've been told often that um, I don't actually look my age, so I, I don't make a thing about age. Yeah. Um, so, and I feel like I don't um, discriminate, it's a, a big word, but like well, a lot of my friends are from different age groups, mm. and I think I relate to a lot of people that are from different generations. So, mm. Um, my friendship groups are quite mixed, so I think it's sometimes it's hard to tell um, how old I am. But yeah, I think thankfully we're in an era, I think, with music where again, age matters less. Do you remember that time? It was maybe about maybe fifteen years ago yeah. when literally, oh if gosh. you were over twelve, <laughs> but it was it was definitely over twenty five. Yeah. you were past You're it, done. and it was very. I remember going at the time for auditions and things, and the first thing they would ask you would be your age, whether you looked it or not. Mm, But luckily, I I mean, I don't know if it's just I'm perceiving it because I'm so much older now, Mm. but it seems to me that it matters less. 
It does. It does matter yeah. less. That's why I, I just I just decided just not to talk about it. Yeah. Like birthdays and stuff. And everyone's like, "How old are you?" It's like, "It's my birthday." Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, but as most things as well, historically, it was men wouldn't be asked how yeah. old they were. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Yeah, they wouldn't. They it's wouldn't. A whole other podcast. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. let's not go that conversation <laughs> today. So, Errol, on your Instagram, it, your strap line is "Red hair curves and vibrato." Mm-hmm. Is that is that like you summing? you up um artist wise or what what is that strap line do you know what that is that's about like me just becoming a lot more comfortable with who i am yeah um i'm not no longer like fighting against curves Mm. anymore um i'm no longer fighting against curves as well isn't it curves do their own thing yeah exactly well well well, you can it's a bit inhumane what you have to do to fight against them (laughs) But um, no longer fighting against curves. Um, just getting comfortable with my sound and me having a very strong vibrato. And um, just kind of like surrendering to the fact that red hair is part of my trademark. And every time I try and go out like to an event or maybe even do a gig like with my natural hair, with it being black and curly, I was like, um, what are you doing? Really? <laughs> like, so because you branded yourself from for so long with the red hair that actually when you when you branch out it's like you're like nah 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 yeah the red back yeah like people don't mm. recognize me it's so <laughs> weird like I, I one time last year i went had like a green phase where i went green for like i don't know all of a month and i went out to like a premiere or something and people were just like i say hi to people and they were like hi and then it's like <laughs> oh like what's going on where's the red and this is like if you don't if you see me you don't see red it's like oh you're not cherry today then it's like oh yeah <laughs> but it's like be careful what you wish for yeah, yeah. be careful what you wish for because that's the reason why initially years ago that's why i done it because i just wanted to have something yeah. that was very unique when i come in the room you just know that i'm there and then obviously mm. like it's just followed me through and now i just can't get rid of it well you know <laughs> justine sky she started off with the purple she kind of still goes back to it but she's phased herself yeah. out of it a mm-hmm. little bit but she still comes back yeah, yeah, yeah. to it would you think you'd do that or you're like you know what i love the red and i'm sticking um, with it i would it's like the same thing with pink isn't it it went from whole pink hair to like a pink stripe and then, like, I don't know if she does it anymore, but yeah. I think certain, I think when you reach a certain level of success, mm. whatever that means, mm. you can afford to kind of move away from the thing that I guess people once tied you to, yeah. like, consistently. It, hearing you speak there about how you've arrived on those things, it sounds like a lot of those things you could only conclude after some wins and some uh, losses, mm. um, and mainly through doing a bit of life and growing. But just tell us a bit about um, times in your life when you've not felt comfortable about either of those things, so perhaps how you look. Mm. Um, particularly, really, really interested to hear about your voice because your voice is phenomenal. I have to say, I literally, every time I see you live, I'm like, that girl can sing, sing. Oh, like, yeah. I, I honestly have been, you know, mouth open wide, and like, yeah. is she real? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you get told that a lot, but I, sometimes actually, though, ask, people forget to compliment artists who are extremely talented because mm. they assume they know. Mm. So it's always interesting to me, obviously, I've spoken to so many artists over the years, and even hearing you hint at it there, that people that we're in awe of of their talent still have to make friends with their voice sometimes mm. oh, or have 100%. to have insecurities about their talent. So just tell us a bit about that journey for you. Um, I mean, from the beginning, um, just kind of realising what, what the sound that was coming out of my mouth, um, having a really strong vibrato was horrible initially for me. I remember mm. when my mum took me to like my first studio session when I was like 14, I think it was, and um, we'd done a, like, a track and done some demos and stuff and I was working with some local guys 
And um, I remember when I first heard myself back, I was like, I sound like a goat. Like, what is this? <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> I had less control of it before. Because I feel like it was like, my vibrato was a lot faster then. I was just like, what am I doing? I don't know whether I'm listening too much to Disney's Child or if I'm just like nervous or... But after a while, um, and after speaking to like my family members and like some of my close friends, just realising... Um, just how signature that would be yeah. for me yeah. and to, to learn to love it and just, yeah. and even learn to love it and train it and mm. um, just control it a bit more than it was when I was younger. But I have, I've had stages where I've just been like, I don't like the way that I sound. And I've mm. had even like things like, and it's why this like friendships and like singer circles can be quite dangerous because mm. like sometimes you hear certain things that people say about you or have said or like mm. make notes make notes or jokes about your signature sound, which can give you insecurities yeah. as well. Right. It just attaches itself to you. And 100%. Then even, no, they're probably just saying it really flippant. Yeah. But you're, you've got to just kind of live with that and realise, oh my gosh, I'm, ident- I'm identifying with this thing that someone said and then shake it off. Yeah. How that Babe, like, I think it's a daily thing because there's still mm. some things that are, are edged in the back of my brain about, like, if someone says, oh, I don't know, you can say. But then I, I figure out way, another way of looking at it. It's like, if someone says that they can say, oh, this is a cherry sound or this is a cherry riff, so to speak. Mm. And before that would, like, oh, what do you mean? If people are laughing, but then I had to flip it and be like, if you can say that this is a cherry riff, then that means I've done a big amount of my job very well because yeah. there's obviously a sound that's attached to me that you yeah. know when you hear it, that's me. Oh, so this, is a, this is a riff that only cherry can do. Maybe that's what it means. Maybe that's what it means. It's funny as well, isn't it? Because when we are young and it, it, in all spheres of our life, it's particularly when we're in our teen years, yeah. the thing that makes us different or distinct is the very, all we want to do yeah. is blend in when we're young, yeah. isn't it? Because you don't want to stick out. You don't want to be the one that's different. Yeah. And then as we get older, we often realise that very thing mm. that made us unique is, is the thing that ends up being a key to our success. Especially as a yeah. yeah. So how have you um, looked after your voice? What, was, what has been your process um, throughout the years? Have you done the vocal lessons? Have you, has it been choirs? Like what, you know, if you were talking to somebody else who has like, this natural gift... What would you tell them like, um, in terms of like, your own process? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the beginning stages were like, um, um, I would sit, like, my mum my, my is a gospel singer, um, lots of choir stuff with her. Um, there's a lot of things that she kind of taught me um, about technique and stuff and just like, um, what do you call, she calls it, throwing her voice, but like, you mm. know, just like, um, just be, becoming a stronger vocalist. Um, I've had vocal training over the years. Um, that I still vocal train now through like technology, which is like I don't know CDs and all that stuff. Like before I have a gig or like as I'm constantly singing because I do music full time. So whether that's me doing functions or um, session work or Cherry V stuff, um, it's just a constant like training and still I'm still there's still kinks that I still have to work out now. Um, and just kind of like just trying to be smart before like a big show or before um, something that I'm gonna work my voice a lot steaming. Um, lots of water. Um, the things you don't rest. need. Um, the thing is with me, mm, there are like things I try and avoid on gig day. People say like, like dairy. dairy. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if my voice is hydrated, like steaming and drinking lots of water, steaming more so, right. um, 
I don't really have that much of a mucus mm. build-up if I, if I do want to have, like, a little bit of ice cream or whatever. So do you steam, in like, in the, in the hour before, literally just before? Or are you steaming, like, the day before? And then, then what, what's your, like, steaming? A few <laughs> days Refreshing. before, like, if, like, morning and night. Right. And definitely the night before the gig, the morning of the gig. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, like, just, like, an hour before I go on stage. Mm-hmm. What do. do you use? What steamer steamer. Oh, I got. I just had the Dr. Nelson's one. Okay. Yeah. I wrap in um flipping bubble wrap because if I don't, it will crack. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to get one of those electric and ones. Do you like put that. like little drops in? Or just, it's just the water. Just water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to ask because somebody will be like, "Okay, what do they? What you know? Who's not steamed or done yeah. anything like that? Be like, okay, what do you use? How do you do that? When do you do that? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Nelson's I find is the only one I have, but there are some good like electrical ones that are good for travel that I want to mm-hmm. get, but a lot of them don't blow out um warm air so that's something i need to get around um and not then blow out cold air so it's like Which is not what you want for your vocal that's what i'm saying yeah. um <laughs> but yeah just a lot of that and just like just making sure um um yeah getting rest and and um just warming up if i don't warm up mm. if i do not warm up i feel the difference right. like i 100 percent feel the difference so that whole like People, some people say, oh, I don't warm up. Some some singers are like, yeah, cool, they can't warm up mm. and they, they're, they're cool. Everyone's voice is different, isn't it? Yeah. But I, if I don't warm up, I, I feel it. I 100% feel like it. like I'm trying to climb up a hill and I just mm. ain't got no strength in my legs. Basically. And do you do, is it like a 15 minute, like a quick thing? Uh, about 20 minutes to half an hour. Yeah, and you use a CD, you said you've got yeah. some, you're probably, you're probably internalised and you probably know all your exercises now. Yeah, but yeah. I still, it's like, I've got it on my phone, Yeah. Um, like through my Dropbox or whatever, but I still go through it because... It, it, it obviously it's not just about warming up it's about like um pitching as well isn't it and just kind of like getting your voice ready to kind of do things that you're just not doing every single day there are some things that i can do without it but um in terms of like just going up the scales and up and down the scales and stuff and really stretching out my tongue warming up my my warming up my, my um my face your whole face really because you sing with your whole face in it yeah. um just things like that you sing with your whole everything like your whole face <laughs> my hands and my... <laughs> <laughs> it'd be great to talk a bit through your journey because obviously um you even just hearing the the care for your voice you mm. take it very seriously and hearing you say that one of your first studio sessions you were just 14 yeah did you from an early age think that you wanted this to be your career I mean I guess I'm guessing when you've got a voice like that you know you're meant to use it in some mm. way but did you think this is what I want to do as a job and I terms... that you, you started as a dancer. Mm-hmm. 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 But yeah, just tell us a bit about what you thought then, and also a little bit about how you thought it might pan out mm-hmm. to how it actually has. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I was always encouraged to be creative. Right. Um, especially by my mum and my gran, um, because they had singers in the family already. Mm. And um, whether it was inside or outside of church, I was always encouraged to kind of like explore that and be pushed to be better at that. Um, But in terms of how I thought it was going to go and how it did, like, I felt like when I was younger, I wanted to be like this triple threat. I wanted to be able to sing, dance and act. I went Brit school and I majored in like drama because I wanted to be an actress first and foremost I wanted to be an actress turned singer um and I'm I've done a minor in music because music just came so natural to me Mm. and I was singing all day every day whatever and I I felt like I had a nice sound by then um but 
I just felt like I wanted to be this actress. I had this this, this associate, this this um, love for acting at then. Um, but it was very hard for me to push through that because of um, the way you have to let go emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think I wasn't em- emotionally mature back then to kind of like let go and be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole dancing thing just came in just from sheer enjoyment. Um, and I would like go to dance classes and then before you know it, I was like doing a little few few productions and then before you know it, I was booked for like my first um, promotional tour as a professional dancer at 16 while I was doing my GCSEs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, and I was touring up and down the country and coming back and doing an exam here and then going back and doing an exam there. Um, and that dancing journey was like solid for about five years. I've done that and I've done a couple other tours at Dancing for like Miss Dynamite in the UK doing tours with her and stuff like that um, and Europe. Um, and then I felt like I put pressure on myself to make a decision. I felt like, okay, cool. I'm doing like all this TV stuff and like dancing behind this ice. But I was just like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to be a dancer or do you want to be a singer slash actress? Or like, you have to make a decision. I don't know who told me that I had to make the decision, but I felt like I had to make that decision there and then. And um, and I kind of that's when I started to like moving away from the whole dance thing and just going more into music and just auditioning and just like started to write. And then I just thought, like, that's the kind of path that I kind of need to stay on. Do you... It sounds like you wish you made maybe a different choice. Um, I wish I would have pushed myself more as an actress Mm. um, just because I've tapped back into that now Mm. and I'm just, like, I'm just in my element, like, going to drama school and stuff like that. That's amazing. Um, Is it more that you see that it didn't have to be as black and white a decision as you made it? Yeah. I was taking them all forward a bit more. And I was like, babe, who told you that? You had to stop and had to, like, do you know what I mean? I just... I don't know. Maybe it was people around at the time who were like, no, you had to deserve it, you know me. But, um, yeah, I felt like... You know, I had to make that decision that back then. Um, but then now I realise that it's still something that I love to do and I want to do. Um, dancing is something that I feel like I want to do now, like just want to do classes again. I want to do like stiletto classes and I want to prance around and like kind of tap into that. But let me try and pick up choreography now. I don't know where I'm going to be. But <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm glad that I had a taste of all of them at a younger age. And I just feel like there's no there's no... That's nothing stopping me from tapping back into them now, which I'm doing and going to do. Mm-hmm. And did um, even some of the world of a dancer and being behind other artists, mm. did that give you a bit of insight? And were there things that you learned then about what you would or wouldn't want or, or um, would hope to do and not hope to do through just being able to be a little bit of an observer, seeing somebody else's career? Yeah. I mean, back then... Um, I was very as when I used to dance like someone like um, Dynamite or whatever like I was so silent about being an, a singer because I had this thing about I didn't want her to feel like I was just trying to use this as a way mm. to get into okay. Polydor or get into like the, the, the industry or whatever because I thoroughly enjoyed being a dancer um, but at the same time I knew it was I was getting lessons while I was there like how to carry yourself as an artist or like how to kind of like, I don't know, work the stage or like interviews, because we watched her do the whole thing, you know, and um, even just how tiresome it could be as a vocalist doing three shows a day, mm-hmm. um, school in the morning, um, under 18's club, and then like a proper over 21's club in the night, whatever. And that was tiring as a dancer, so thinking if I was a vocalist, yeah. that would absolutely kill me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, 
I don't I don't kind of like regret any of it. I just feel like it was all lessons in 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 my in the beginning of my journey that I've taken and kind of applied to now. Mm-hmm. I am now. So so start you was doing the dancing. What made you stop doing that? You wanted to you felt like you wanted to focus on music. Yeah. It was always there in the background. So yeah, like, yeah. You, know, you didn't want and like it's dynamite whoever to think that you're using um, their platform to get ahead. So obviously it was in the back of your mind that you would want to do that. Mm. You, you would, this dancing was for a time and that you would do music. Yeah, I just felt like the dancing was something that I could enjoy and I thought like, I because I was making money from it mm. as such and such. So early on in my journey, I just thought, why would I say no type of thing? And I'm touring yeah. and travelling. Um, I was the youngest person on the tour always and I was just thinking like, I was so grateful to be there and experience that life already but just in another way because obviously my mum and my aunt would have like toured and stuff and like as singers always but I just ended up tapping into another another I don't know another realm or another mm. um part of being a crew touring from from an early age so I just kind of thought I was just kind of like enjoying it and just enjoying performing and I just loved to dance yeah. so it just made sense to kind of like ride the wave while it was there and I was just auditioning all the time so you, I kind of I thought like at the time I was auditioning never thinking I was going to get anything mm. just to go for the experience I'm going to audition I'm going to audition I'm going to audition right. like just going and <laughs> then obviously when I get picked yeah. yeah obviously when you get picked you're like oh I actually have to go on tour now wait what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so yeah it was just like enjoyment so, so you progress so you kind of transitioned out of that to Writing and recording. Mm. Mm. See, yeah, I remember you from kind of the MySpace days. Uh-huh. Ah! Your page was always I was always on there. Yeah. Addict. My was that thing, though. It was, it was. Have you ever gone on it? Like, it, I went on it maybe is five it years ago. I don't know, I think it is. I went up, it's like this weird world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not, I didn't know it was still live. Yeah, I mean, Justin Timberlake tried to buy they it. Ju- it yeah, he tried to relaunch it, didn't yeah, he? It, did, it was, it, it was too, too much. But I remember you then, you was, yeah, your pain was popping, you was doing your thing, you was, you was that thing. On it, I was yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, I was- yeah. Just a quick reminder that we have a growing library of really useful videos on our YouTube page, including interviews with artists and music industry insiders sharing their experience and expertise. Search IMR on YouTube or visit our website www.iamindependent.co.uk. With your mum having a, a musical career and your aunt as well, and obviously you'd been on tour, did it feel automatically for you, especially coming out of the Brit School as well, that the route to go, I know it was different times then than it is now, and we'll get on to talking about your music now, mm. but did it seem like the route to go and the only way to go is to be signed to a major label in order to be successful? What was your view at that point in terms of what you had to do to, to be successful as an artist? 100%. Then it was like major yeah. label, this independent wave that we're able to ride now to a certain extent, or to a certain extent, it was not that yeah. way. Yeah. And then back then, even before my time of like becoming a singer-songwriter, my mum's time, it was literally about getting an appointment, going into an office, singing your pants off, mm. and then getting signed on the spot. That's what it was yeah. then. Mm. And that that's 
gone now. That don't happen anymore. It's like, probably never to return. Right. So it's like, can you go viral? Then we can have a conversation. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the route then. And that was like getting in there with someone and even like getting my first record deal was all about being at a certain place at a certain time, looking a certain mm. way and then somebody coming over and being like, oh, are you free on this day to come to audition? Do you know what I mean? So right. that was the only way then. So what was the, what was this, what's the story of you when you got signed? How did that come about? I was literally, um, funny story actually, because I was actually, I think I was coming out from the, um, the dancing, a few dancing jobs that I'd done then. And I was literally like looking at going into full-time work. Interesting. Um, and I actually was, <laughs> I don't think I've actually said this before, but I was actually filling out a form to become an air stewardess. Wow. Yeah. Why? Was, Did you want to travel or you want to see the world? One of my friends, she worked at like Virgin and um, I spoke to her. One of my other friends worked at British Airways, but they were like ground staff. But I just thought in my head, <laughs> I thought if I work for like Virgin or BA, like, and we go to America and then like we have like, a couple of days off and that I can go and like I can meet people and go to like open mic nights <laughs> and it will be free like a network and that like, I just thought I was trying to think of other ways yeah. like and I had this thing about obsession with America in it yeah. so I think how can I get there like oh maybe if we've been an air stewardess like it was so wild was so wild but um yeah I remember feeling that form then and then my mum was saying to me oh, I'm going to meet my aunt at the studio and then she had like a session that she was doing with like I think it was Lamar and um, I went there and for something, that day, I don't know why, but I thought like, because I, I felt, I, I was a bit in a bit of a weird rut. So I thought, you know what, sometimes the way I feel better is if like, do my hair, mm-hmm. put do my makeup really nice and put on a nice cute outfit and then just come out my house like, feeling like a certain way. Like if you don't feel yeah. a certain way, just dress up and show up. And I remember that studio session, like where I met a guy there um, who was putting together this group. And he came over and he was like, how old are you? And, da, 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 da. and do you sing? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, come to this, meet me at such and such place, blah, blah, blah. And I went and I auditioned for like a month. I had to audition wow. for management, the label, yeah. the A&R, the publicist, the PR, <laughs> the everyone. Like, And then um, it was one of those things like, you know, decision X factor type of thing. Like, yeah. We've chosen you, you know, and then we, um, I was in a girl group signed to Sony BMG. Was that weird because you you went somewhere not knowing that this was going to happen and not even thinking that you wanted to be in a girl group, and then you go on this whole process? What at what point in the process were you really wanting to be in this girl group? Because you didn't go in, you didn't wake up that day and wanted to be. In, no. Do you know what I mean? So what point in all this audition process were you like, oh yeah, I really want this now? You know what? I think when I was halfway through, first I was like, I went there and sang, and I was like, mm, if they like me, they like me. If they don't, they don't. Whatever. But then when I started to see the magnitude, because they they started to like get me to hang out with the girls and then do like little um, studio audition days and like go out to eat if we all gel and that. Like, when I actually started to like them mm. and actually started to see like what this opportunity could do for me and help me grow as an artist, because back then like my swag was zero. There was no like. There was no, there was no. <laughs> so my idea of like being like fleeky or whatever was like not on the same same level as it would be for an artist signed yeah. to a major label. So I uh, do that audition process. I was learning so much mm. and I was learning a lot on the industry level. So mm. I was thinking, I know this opportunity would be good for me to kind of fine tune certain things in me as a person, for me personality wise, styling, um, just media training, loads of things. Yeah. Um, so that's what halfway through I was like, 
No, I'm getting a bit attached to this now. I think like I think this is actually for me. Is it for me though? Is it for me? Mm, I don't know. And then like my mum and that were just like, I know you don't really want to be in a group. I didn't want to be in a group, but it could be a great lesson for you. Whichever way it goes, um, can't be a bad thing. Um, sign into a major if it's if the deal's not obviously awful, um, but and just learning and traveling and. Um, working with some amazing, amazing producers, vocal trainers, all that stuff. It's like going into an academy, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's what it felt like at the time. So halfway through the month, that's when I started getting attached to it and thinking, I could actually do this and I could learn from this and I could grow so much mm-hmm. as a singer-songwriter. And, and it, it really did, it really did, really, really did help me grow. Really, and how really long did, did that... Um... How long how did that go? How long were you in that group for? Um, it was only I think it was like less than two years. Uh-huh. Um, it's and sort of the holy grail for so many people, isn't it, to be signed to a major label? Yeah. But not many people know what it's actually like. So once that was signed, and once you were kind of in the machine, what what was life like? Mm. Oh, it was it was daily. It was daily academy. <laughs> it was like. Get up in the morning, have breakfast, go for a run. Studios at twelve. Mm. Uh, after studio, photo shoot. Then there's meeting at the label. Then there's a meeting. you know it was always something, mm. and I loved that. Mm. I loved just like being like, on a schedule, everything being disciplined, like eating a certain way, training. I loved all of that. Like I thrived off that. Like at Brit, when I went to Brits and Sylvia Young, that was part of like the whole appeal for me was just like having something to do all the time and having something that's bringing me closer to being that type of artist that I wanted to be. Right. Um, and then it was the, the all and be all. It's like, you find your family member and tell them, I'll just sign a deal with Sony BMG. It's like, mm. you ain't even put record out, but you've made it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, yes, that, that's it. You, you automatically, everyone automatically thinks that you're you're going to, like, blow yeah. on a the crazy scale. It's almost like people think that's when the work stops, isn't it? You're signed. <sighs> yeah. But actually, it's yeah. just, it's, I remember so much, in fact, it was our mutual friend, Andrea, yeah. who said to me, actually, that's like getting to the job and you're filling out the application form. It is. <laughs> the people think it's not only have I got the job, I've yeah. got employee yeah. of the month, this, yeah. that, the other, but it's, yeah. it's not quite like that, is it? Mm-mm. But I think people get a bit bowled over by the advance. It's the money thing, isn't it? Yeah. That they thought, once <laughs> that money lands in your account, you're like, mm, kind yeah. of made it a little bit, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm swimming in dough, like, type yeah. of thing. But um, was there anything that you didn't like about it, and what were some of the things that you discovered that you're like, I didn't think it would be like this in terms of being signed to a major? Um, it was tough because with three members, girls, there was a lot of like whispers in ears. There was a lot of like favoritism towards the lead singer. I wasn't a lead singer, um, and I think probably from an ego perspective, initially that was hard for me because I never wanted to be in a group. So if I think to myself, you're a lead vocalist, like yeah. that's just kind of you've that's got how that I, voice. yeah, and, and that's how I felt like. And obviously, my mum and my aunt are very much like leady. They don't do like BBs. They don't do group stuff. They don't do any of that stuff. So they're just like, no, you must be in the front. If you're going to do it, you must be in the front. He's like, well, it's not my choice. But um, I can hold the back and kind of learn or whatever. But um, yeah, from an egotistical point of, point of view, like that was hard for me, um, having to kind of like be on the side and be like second verse maybe you might get a second verse or like you might get a bridge or whatever in the studio and that was hard I remember one time being in LA in LA in a session and um oh, kid you not like there were like these three there was like studios but there's like three studios in this building 
and um, we would all rotate. Like you'd go and do your verse in that studio, then you go and do a verse on another song in that studio, mm-hmm. and you come back round, write a track, write a track in the other one, whatever. And I remember I went into one studio to do like ad libs on the song, and um, this guy he was recording me, but he I'm I, I kid you not, he made me go down this track about fifty odd times, just ad libbing, ad libbing, ad libbing. And then he put, he pressed the mic button and somebody came into the room. And I just know he'd done this on purpose. He was just like, I don't understand why they won't let this girl sing. And I'm just like, I'm in the booth like, what? Does that, I don't understand why this, they won't let this girl sing. Like she can actually sing her pants off. And I was like, rah. So there's an agenda here. Like, wow. don't let this girl, don't let Cherry sing the leads because maybe her voice is a bit too R&B or whatever. And I remember I went in the bathroom and I called my mum like, crying like mm. oh, oh, I don't know what I want to me yeah, whatever and then she was just like my mum was the worst for this you know she was just like well <laughs> she was like you're just gonna have to, to ride it out and get the lessons and then when when whatever outcome the outcome is but she's like if you think that you're gonna call me crying and do all this thing you're on the wrong business <laughs> I was like okay cool kind of, it, it, you can see where she's going with that because you're like you're in this and she could probably from an outside perspective think on either side you're going to learn some great things yeah and and even if they don't like see who you are she saw who you are and like this a win-win yeah regardless you're going to yeah. learn or yeah. you're going to get opportunities or someone's going to see you or if they, she's just like you're probably not, not, not how you felt at the I'm, time yeah not how you feel at the time like i'm not i'm not helping you to walk away from Base. this i'm not helping you to like Base. yeah no. no you're staying in no. yeah i'd do that to my girls because yeah. like, i could yeah. you can see like if i if she was maybe what you wanted maybe you, you would have built up those feelings and maybe you would have felt like this is not good for me and then maybe trying to like, leave yeah. yeah and she's like mm, no yeah she was like well you're there now you'd have to ride it out mm. like it might be hard yeah it's tough blah 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 but you go there, you have to stay there, take the lessons and crack on. Like, it doesn't matter. Don't worry, don't worry about, like, who's the favourite now and blah, 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 blah. She was just to say things like the cream always rises to the top. Mm-hmm. And um, we will say the stone that the builders rejected yes. would be the front car. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care about that. Um, you know the little quote in MySpace after I like the group ended and I went solo that was my thing wow. the stone that the builders rejected and obviously the, the group name was Trinity Stone yeah. so it was so like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes uh, wild change yeah. <laughs> 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 you don't catch it <laughs> you don't know your Bible <laughs> 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 the stone that the builders rejected <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Tough love all day. Tough love all day. Yeah. So how did that situation end? Um, For it you. was harsh. Yeah. Um, like they dropped two members and kept mm-hmm. the lead singer mm-hmm. and wanted to push her as a solo artist. Right. Wow. So we were all living together in the house and then we called in for a meeting one day and then we were all told and like, but she already knew from like days before mm-hmm. and I could sense that because me and I were really close. Mm-hmm. I was like, why don't you tell me? Yeah. And um, we were in the house like probably like a month or two after we'd been dropped um just to see out the rest of the tenancy and like we'd hear her rehearsing the songs that we'd all wrote together as a group wow. for her oh, to sing solo man. um so that was tough yeah. and why do you think because obviously music business is a business why business wise do you think that they made that decision um because of her look and her sound right um she's a very she's a very strong vocalist mm-hmm. but she had more of a pop edge to her voice right. 
Um, and I feel like she, they felt like her look was a lot more, what's the word, European. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, was, I think they built the group around her right. initially. It's like a vehicle fair. for her. Yeah. Maybe now is the time for her to yeah. do her So they kind of like placed two girls around her to kind of like catapult her into where they felt yeah. like she was going to go. And how Can we talk got... about the thing that I wanted to talk about that you're not sure that you wanted to talk about? Go because this then. leads into it. Go on then. So many. So we were talking. <laughs> B and I had it. We oh we we sent her. We're meant to have business meetings, and we just have we debate. Just, we just talk okay. about stuff for ages. That's what happens, though, isn't it? I get it. Yeah, yeah. Get and we've got very similar views on some things, and then there's other things we really don't yeah. agree. But we do. We argue well, so I reckon yeah, that's good. Separate yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's good. But anyway, one of the things we were talking about, we we do actually feel the same about. But why why did you not want to talk about it? Well, because we, I am so many the the topic is that the black women narrative in music yeah, yeah and when how we how we generally feel like as a black woman we it's the hardest for us like above any other yeah. person in the business it's the hardest for us and the reason why I didn't want to talk about it because I I don't know how to end it positively like in a way that would be like okay so now what now this is now we're going to talk about this as a reality mm-hmm. now now how is it encouraging how what do you do now. And I, my it. thing is, there will be people listening to this right now who say, who say, I had no idea, or I do have an idea, but I don't want you to talk about the fact that that's, mm. you know, a very real thing. Because for me, I honestly think that the black solo female artist mm-hmm. has the hardest journey mm-hmm. out of any, particularly in the UK, yeah. even more so. Um, and it's, I've never really heard anyone talk about it, but we all know it. Mm. Maybe that's because we're women of colour. Yeah. Um, and also, even though you talked about the girl in the group, mm-hmm. like, I understand that as a mixed race person, mm-hmm. that ticks a few more boxes. Mm-hmm. And there's all of that. Um, but at the same time, how, why I think it's positive and why I wanted to see, as I'm sure you've got an opinion on it, being well aware of it, is that you're, you're, you are, you're still doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Bianca, yeah. you're still doing yeah. it anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's a place for you. You're not, it exists, but you're not listening to it. But it's like any kind of prejudice or racism. We can um, know it exists and not talk about it. And we can also talk about it for those who will say, chip on the shoulder, rah, 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 all of those things. But there also will be a massive group of people go, I had no idea that that's a thing and mm. I'm so glad I do know. And mm. I think that's why it's important to talk about. Mm. So is that something that you would be willing to chat to us about your opinions on that and if you felt that? Yeah, 100%. So you better ask questions. When was the first point that you were aware that that was the thing? Was it this point when, um, you know, one girl was chosen and you weren't? And how has that manifested in your career? How has that been something that you felt has hindered you? And how has it fueled you to, to carry on? Um, this was probably the, one of the first times I realised that, yeah. I think it was definitely like... And I could see there was a narrative, even like with UK music, um, in terms of groups, who was always the front person. And if you look at big groups in the US, the same thing. Same thing, yeah. um, But, um, and obviously I'd heard lots of stories from my mum and my aunt because they are both um, classed as mm. dark-skinned women. Mm. Probably more so my aunt than my mum. And I've heard so many industry stories through them. So from a young age... I've got a gist of the narrative from there. Right. Um, and there's been times when it's been absolutely crippling for me just because at the beginning of my journey as Cherry V, um, uh, the management company that I had at the time, 
there was like there was a moment where there was quite a lot of buzz around some of the songs that I put out even if it was through MySpace or like I'd get contacted by A&Rs blah, blah blah and then it would always come down to the same thing it would either be like we actually want the package and the songs but you want to give it to X wow. no yeah yeah wow um and then wow. it was like yeah, she's done. She she can do everything it says on the tin. I remember this quote somebody said that a very very like um, respected A and R even now in this country it was like she can do everything on the tin, but I just don't think it would um, would sell. So basically, but it's because of the way that she looks. So they actually said that. Yeah. The thing is, is that's why it's, for me it's like I don't mind talking about it because. I've had it categorically said to me, do you know, yeah. or categorically said to my management at mm. the time that it's definitely a look thing. And it's like sometimes my, my old management would be ballsy enough to say like, so you're telling me if she looked like Jessica Simpson, yeah, like blonde, white girl, or even if she looked like, I don't know. Not yeah. yeah. Um, would we have a problem? It's like categorically, categorically, no. Steve. So I've heard it. Um, so what do you do with that when you can't change and don't want to change who you are? Mm, mm, mm. And you're, you're on one hand, so it's not, it almost be, would be easier to digest if someone's saying, you know what, you, you've not quite got the voice or you've not quite got the voice. Yeah. Saying, you have everything. But this one thing that you can't change about you, and neither should you, yeah. is the thing that's discounting you. What, yeah. what do you do with that? What did you do with it? There's, it, it goes in stages. I think mm-hmm. initially it was like a fight. Because obviously when we got dropped by the label, the, the group, that was a narrative. Like, they want to push her because she was certain blah, blah, blah. Um, not that she wasn't talented, but they wanted, you know, that narrative. And um, and then I remember going to see my management at that time with that group and then just saying to them, I think you, just, you, should, you should just concentrate on songwriting. And it's like, why? Because I'm dark-skinned black girl, like, you think there's just no hope for me type of thing. And there's been other times where that's made me fight. There's been times where it's made me fight and there's other times when it's just made me think, just forget it. Like, there's no point because I'm fighting a losing battle mm. here. Um... And I've fluctuated between the two. Mm. And I think now it's like, I just do me. I know it's there. And I know there's a preference there. Because mm. you can even see what the representation of UK R&B soul is now on a chart level, what it looks like. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. in terms of the popular girls, yeah. like, it looks exactly the same. Mm. So it makes me think, wow, like it still hasn't really changed. And there are some um, dark-skinned females that are phenomenal and that are like popular, Mm -hmm. like way more popular than I am or the Mm -hmm. next girl that's next to me and are signed to majors and they're still having a hard time. Mm -hmm. And I know there's only one reason for that. room for one, isn't there, at a time. That's that's the narrative. That's the narrative, yeah. Yeah. and it's quite universal. I mean, it's it's harder here, mm. but it's universal. And I feel like what I find as well, dare I say, that when it is, um, when they do allow mm. one to come through, in my opinion, she has to have a certain look. Mm. Like she's got to be dimmed all the way down, mm. like strip everything away and almost make her look like unthreatening, mm. non-sexy, non-fleeky, mm. 
non like confident she's got to be shy cowry like really in introverted like they can't take it the other way especially not here mm-hmm. In America, they can. Like, you can be confident. You can be like, yeah, yeah my thing's turn up or whatever. Mm. But here, if you're a dark-skinned black girl, you've got to be... Mm. You've got to dim it all the way down. That's an aspect I've not thought of. Because, yeah, it's either uh, dimmed down or you're allowed to be quirky, mm. but weird, because that's not sexy. That's, yeah. not, that's not going into desirable. Yeah. Um, because that, that box isn't... Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That is the thing, and it's because what it is for me on a deeper, deeper, deeper level, it's just like you are the least desirable woman. So don't ever think that you're going to be in that box because you're not. So don't try and be that girl. Just be the girl, quiet girl next door that sings and just keeps herself to herself and isn't too like can't dare I say flamboyant or like too boasty with it. Just chill out. So. Knowing all that, why do you still do it? Because I love it. Right. And music is like, for me, it's like therapeutic. Um, I can't mm. even imagine doing anything else that's not non, non-creative. Yeah. Not even an air hostess. No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just because I refuse to surrender to that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know? Yeah, that's not going to be the reason mm. why you're not doing this. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, nothing is impossible. It's hard. Things are hard, mm. but nothing is, is impossible. And the, and, the, and the sad thing is, there's all these kind of, like, preferences in place and blah, blah, blah. But then, if something major happens for someone, all of that stuff goes out the window. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of an example, like... Oh, of an artist that's like done something I don't yeah. know if it's gone viral or like they had a song that's a hit yeah. and then and everything else just gets eliminated yeah. because of that one big moment that you've well, had I think in a different way for independent artists someone like Stormzy and those people breaking through Stormzy Chunk are actually doing all the things that are a major mm. um, artist well people said that only major artists do mm. now there are so many more people choosing to be independent mm. and thinking you know what I can break my own little ceilings yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually do some things. I think in a different way, um, they still kind of, It's still male. And yeah, um, it's kind of like a different story. It's not the mm. same context, but just that... I think I feel like in the UK there's a bit of, more room. I'm thinking of people like um, Ray Black and Nadia Rose, but it's still a certain comfortable... It, it's a new space and box that black women weren't allowed in previously, but it's still a box... Um, I'm still not sure whether we've got whether the you'd be invited to the same table that Adele is sitting at. I think someone will do it, and yeah, I, I, I think, think I think will, I, I, I just think it would yet. just be someone probably like you who's been so consistent and who's making your own name. Like you've been in groups, you've you Dora Martin, you've released so you've released so many singles by yourself. You're you're um, building yourself social media as you're actually moving with the times. It'll be somebody who they have been grinding for a long time and they've been doing it out here. It, it will take us longer. Yeah. 100%. 100%. But when you get to that scene and you just pierce that threshold, mm-hmm. it'll be like, okay, it's just quicker for somebody else. Okay. It'll be somebody who, who hasn't given up. Mm. Are you hopeful it. about it? And what would, what like, would you say goals? to a, to a yeah. young female black 
artist who's perhaps listening. I honestly don't believe, this is for me personally, my, my energy, I honestly don't believe I've put this amount of time and work, effort, years, blood, sweat and tears for the gear not to shift. I, I, I don't believe that I've done all of this to not have the gear be shift at some point. Mm. When that will happen, I don't know. But all I can do is stay ready. Mm. Um, and there's been so many things that like, over the past few months that have happened that I've been like, it's just a reminder that there are eyes on you and people are, if you, as long as you stay consistent um, and have your material that you're putting out there be of quality, mm. then that's the definition of you staying ready. But in terms of like, to me saying to anybody else, like young black um, solar artists, you have to kind of ignore all of the the narratives that you see. You have to ignore a lot of it and really be like so resilient. You have to be so resilient because people will just look at your face and be like, oh man, I just don't know, man. It's just, it'll just be hard with you. And I've heard that a trillion times. Like, yeah, like Cherry, you're dope, man, but pff, I don't know, man, it's just hard. And if I stop there yeah. and allow that sentence to marinate, mm. I wouldn't be sitting there talking to you now. There's no way. Yeah. But there's something inside me that strongly believes that something is going to change. And I, I don't believe that I am delirious or I don't believe that I am, like, deluded to think that. Mm. It's just, it's, it's a faith, it's a it's a belief, it's a, it's a feeling. Um, and it's something I just feel like you start to think, like... I deserve to be rewarded for my 10,000 hours, and I will be. Yes. Listen, there is nobody more deserving. <laughs> yes. Because, and I say that, and I say that because, you, because you've done and you're doing all the things and you're doing it so well. Like, even going on YouTube, people do covers all the time, but yeah. you do you do covers. Like, mm. when you cover some of these songs, like, okay, you could... You, maybe you did that yourself. Maybe it's not a cover. Maybe it's your song. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then, like, you talk about Dora Martin and just, just like, being in a group, mm. another group that you, you're deciding to do yourself. You're writing your own songs. Mm. You're doing that in the same at the same time as putting out your own music, writing for yourself, writing for other people. Um, I just think there's, you're not waiting for somebody to come and join your team. Hell no. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. Music.